You're listening to a podcast from Victory. As we pray, the Holy Spirit fills us to proclaim His Word with boldness. Learn more about this message in week five of our series, A New Hope. I'm glad to be with you all, and I trust that the preaching of the Word will continue to strengthen you in your faith. In the last uh, two weeks, we have been looking at and studying the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, and uh, we learned that uh, in the outpouring of the Spirit and also in the healing of the lame beggar at the temple, both of these uh, momentous events were preceded by the disciples gathering in prayer. Now, I want us to understand that prayer is essential uh, to our uh, being followers of Christ. Why? Because uh, prayer is essentially the expression of what it means to have relationship with God. It is through prayer and, of course, the reading of the Word that we learn who God is and what His ways are and how we are to know His will. But we also learn something important about prayer, and that is this. It is through prayer that we become partners with God in advancing His kingdom. Remember, Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, Jesus chooses to uh, use us along with Him in both the praying of the kingdom and the proclamation of the kingdom. And that's how God's kingdom is advanced. Now, in our journey of following Christ, uh, we will realize sooner or later that uh, we will encounter resistance, hindrances, and opposition from the enemy. And many times the situations we face and the problems that we face are bigger than what we can handle. Now, other times people face discouragement, affliction, infirmity, and others, um, such as what we're experiencing now. The question is, how do you handle these challenges? Uh, we will see from uh, this account in Acts chapter 4 how the disciples handled the greatest challenge that they had faced thus far and how they were able to face those challenges and to overcome. And so I'd like us to uh, turn uh, in our Bibles or look at your devices at Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31 in the ESV. Let me read it for you. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? See, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against His anointed. For truly in the city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word with boldness. Now, Peter and John as we learned last week, had just healed a lame beggar in the temple. And this was an outstanding miracle. And the church quickly grew by about 5,000 people. If you read the uh, 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 prior verses in chapter 4, I suggest 
you read this after hearing this, read the whole chapter so you'll appreciate uh, what was going on here. But anyway, the priests and the Sadducees were greatly annoyed because they were preaching about the resurrection from the dead and they were causing people to turn to Jesus. And so they tried to intimidate them. Now, Peter courageously defended their actions and the religious leaders realized something, that these were unschooled, ordinary men, but yet they spoke with authority. So they threatened them before releasing them because they couldn't do anything because this was an outstanding miracle as uh, we, we will see. Um, the St. Peter, think about this, the St. Peter who had earlier denied Jesus three times, uh, ser- you know, uh, just several weeks uh, before this, was the same Peter who boldly preached on Pentecost and after this healing. See, what was the difference? Well, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and received the power to be witnesses for Christ, as Acts 1.8 says. Now, let me read Acts 14, verse 18 to 20 to, to emphasize this point. So they called them, the Sanhedrin, and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. What is a witness? A witness is simply someone who testifies to what he or she has seen and heard, isn't it? You know, when there's a, when there's a trial, there's a court case, a witness is called to, uh, to, to sit there and then explain what did you see about this incident? What did you hear? Now, think about this. If you have encountered Christ and experienced His saving, healing, and delivering work in your life, then you can qualify it as, as a witness for Christ, isn't it? You can say the same as John and Peter. We cannot help but speak about what God has done for me. And so I believe that's what was happening here in Peter and John's case. Yes, uh, they were being intimidated, but they couldn't help. They knew they had encountered Christ. They knew that they had seen the resurrected Christ and the miracles that he was starting to do as they proclaimed the gospel. Now, after being released, Peter and John returned to the brethren and reported all that had happened to the disciples. Now, you have to understand the Sanhedrin was the Senate and the Supreme Court of the Jewish nation at the same time. So this was really major opposition. But what was their response? They prayed. But if you examine their prayers, it wasn't just platitudes. It was a spirit-inspired prayer. And it was a pattern of prayer that had already been expressed uh, previously you know, in, the, in preparation for the outpouring of the Spirit. At the, er, at the birthing of the church. And this particular prayer that we just read actually is the, one of the longest prayers, if not the longest, in the New Testament. And what I want to share with you, I want us to dissect this prayer because we will learn some very important lessons about how we as God's people ought to pray when we're facing opposition as well. And I want to dissect this prayer by looking at four key words that are descriptive of this particular petition from God. Number one, it was unified prayers. It says there in verse 22, they raised their voices together in prayer. Now, when the day of Pentecost had come, as we learned a couple of weeks ago, we know that they were all together in one place praying. And this word together is not just uh, being in proximity to each other, but this was 
uh, this, the, the word here in the original language is a powerful word, homothumadon. And what it means is to be in one passion, to be in one accord. There was something dynamic about this being together. They were not just, you know, if you ride an elevator, of course, with social distancing, uh, you can be together, but not really together in the sense of this word. Because being together here means to be in one accord with the same passion and with the same heart. And so we realize, brothers and sisters, that there is power in unity. We know that. Um, Jesus said, if two of you agree about anything that you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. See, when there is unity, uh, one of the simplest illustrations I've learned about is like a horse that's pulling a cart. When a horse is by itself, it can only pull a certain load. But if you harness another horse to, uh, with it, you know, the, 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 the capacity, the ability to pull the load is not just doubled, it's actually more than doubled even if there are only two horses. Why? Because there's synergy when uh, two or more people or uh, uh, things go um, work together. And that's the sense of this prayer. It was unified prayer. You know, when you think about the pandemic and all these crises that we are facing, certainly there is a call for us for unified prayer. Yes, individually we can come to God, but more than ever, we need to have uh, that homothumadon, that coming together, in one accord on behalf of the situations that we're facing. The second word that describes this kind of prayer is, it is magnifying prayer. See, they magnified the greatness of God by addressing Him as Sovereign Lord. Now, this word Sovereign Lord uh, is a common title in the Greek world for the gods. But, in uh, Dr. Luke's uh, writings, uh, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, we see that he only uses it, this book, I mean this term Sovereign Lord, only for the triune God, for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he made a distinction between using that versus the, uh, the human rulers uh, or the powers of the Sanhedrin, you know, the, the, one, the, the, the people who were opposing them. Now, we learn something here. Many times the enemy will try to intimidate us by magnifying our problems, by making our problems bigger than what they really are. Uh, remember, what a magnifying glass here, I happen to have one here, isn't it? When you're using a magnifying glass, sometimes I have to read now uh, some of the small fine print with a magnifying glass. And what does a magnifying glass do? It, it amplifies, it makes things bigger than what they really are. And that is such a scheme of the devil when it comes to intimidating us. He tries to make things, you know, bigger. You know, um, uh, you know every morning I measure my temperature now because uh, that's part of the Department of Health protocol if you're go we're going to go to the office. And uh, this morning I felt like, uh, uh, you know, kahapon. And, you know, this morning, parang feeling ko, naku, baka may sinat ako. Naku, baka mamaya, meron akong symptoms. You know, when I measured my temperature, it was 35.8. And see, that's what the enemy does. He makes things seem bigger than what they are. And that's the problem. And what happens is, and, you know, particularly in this pandemic, people are in fear, isn't it? And yes, there's obviously a need to keep uh, safe protocols and health protocols. So I'm not suggesting that we're careless. But what happens is many times we are in fear. People don't want to go out anymore. 
And when we're doing that, when we're paralyzed by fear, rather than uh, magnifying who God is, then it keeps us from being fruitful and productive in our lives. Let me tell you, as this pandemic seems so big, God is always greater than anything. Why? Because Jesus already made provision at the cross for us to be healed. And He also made provision for us to be protected from sickness and disease. So brothers and sisters, let's not magnify the sickness. Let's magnify the Lord. Let's not magnify the economic problems. Let's magnify and say, God, you are greater than all of the problems we're facing. That's the second word that describes Peter's, uh, the, the disciples' prayer. The third word that describes their prayer was that it was scriptural prayer. And remember, he, they were quoting from the book of Psalms, uh, Psalms chapter 2, why are the nations raging against God? See, we know that the scriptures are God-breathed, as 2 Timothy 3.16 says. And when you pray them under the anointing of the Spirit, it becomes like a double-edged sword that can pierce through the hearts and the minds of people. And at the same time, it is like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces, as Jeremiah said, and demolishes the strongholds of the devil. You know, you may think, well, I don't really know how to pray in this situation. Well, the best prayers you can pray are the prayers of the Word of God, the, the Scriptures themselves. There's so many scriptural prayers. Uh, we've been claiming Second Chronicles 7.14. Uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. See, we can claim the healing of the nation. Why? Because it is something that God declared in response to the prayers of His people. In a few weeks' time, we're going to call again the church uh, to prayer and fasting. And I encourage you, participate. Let's have unified prayer to see the healing of our nation. So scriptural prayers are the third descriptive word on this type of prayer. And finally, number four, it was committed prayer. What do I mean by committed prayer? Remember, they were facing opposition. They were facing in threats and intimidation. But what was their prayer? It wasn't, Lord, get us out of here. Or, Lord, zap those people who are persecuting us. No, they didn't pray those prayers. They didn't, they didn't just try to escape from the persecution. And sometimes that's the easiest thing for us to pray for, isn't it? Lord, Lord, get us out of this situation. Lord, sana matapos na po lahat to. And God will bring an end to this pandemic. And God will bring an end. But more than, more than that is this. Rather than just simply, uh, uh, you know, uh, turning back and not facing the challenge, they said, Lord, instead give us courage. Give us boldness to still do what you've called us to do, which is to proclaim the word and to, make, uh, to, to, uh, to, to preach, to heal, and so on and so forth. And so, as I said, their prayer was not to make it easy for them by removing the opposition but, nor to make their problem go away, but to be faithful to do God's will and God's work in spite of the opposition. That's the kind of prayer that the disciples prayed. Now, what happened as a result? What was God's response to their prayer? Well, we read here, He shook the place and filled them again with the Holy Spirit. Now, I like that answer to prayer, isn't it? Wouldn't you want a shaking to happen and the Spirit of God to be poured out again into our lives? Now, you have to take note. Remember, uh, in, in, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit already was poured out upon them. And so why is there still a need to be filled again? Well, the answer is this. Someone said it. It's because we leak. Now, of course, that's not the, not the point. The point is, 
We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the challenges and the work we're called to do is not something we can do in our own strength. We will not have the ability to preach. We will not have the power to heal people. And we will not have the power to face opposition in our own strength. That is why God in His grace and in His sovereignty said, uh, I'm, uh, wait for my, the Father's promise because you are going to receive the power to heal, to save, uh, to, I mean the power to proclaim the word, the power to face opposition. And what happened as a result of them being filled again with the Spirit? They were able to preach the word of God boldly and many miracles were performed to confirm the preaching of the word. And so as we reflect upon these, uh, uh, these, uh, this prayer, I believe we can make a conclusion that we can run with for this Sunday's preaching, and that is this. Spirit-led prayer produces spirit-empowered ministry. When we pray individually and corporately as God's people, you can be assured as we pray in accordance with the will of God, especially as we're facing these things that are intimidating us and that are way beyond our, 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 our ability to face. Let me tell you, God will say, Greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. He's going to pour out His Spirit upon us so that we can face the challenges and keep doing the work of God. Now, you, uh, as, as I close, you have to remember that this was a crucial time in the life of the early church. You know, the church was just really in its infancy. If they had backed down, the work of God could have been stamped out right, in the begin- right from the very beginning. Remember, this was just Acts chapter 4. And immediately there was opposition. But because of their prayers, the work of God expanded instead. And what we read, you know, we won't be going anymore uh, in the next few weeks on the book of Acts. But uh, if you, you can read the whole, rest of the, uh, the whole the rest of the book of Acts and you'll find out it's just a series of prayer meetings resulting in an empowering of the Spirit, the proclamation of the gospel, people getting saved, miracles and wonders, signs, uh, signs and wonders happening, and people getting saved and the church expanding. It's, it's a, that happens again and again as a cycle. Brothers and sisters, now is the time for us to pray and receive a fresh infilling of the Spirit. And so, in conclusion, whenever we face opposition and problems that are bigger than what we can handle, we can come to God in prayer and receive a fresh infilling of His Spirit so that we can face the challenges and we can overcome. We can proclaim the gospel and God will confirm His word with healings and signs and wonders. And as we pray in closing, again, let me encourage you. You know, yes, people's hearts are open, but many of them will not believe the word unless uh, they see uh, God confirm the preaching of the word. And so let's not back down. Let's not back down from every opportunity to pray for the sick, uh, to pray for breakthroughs if people need miracles, miracles of provision. You know, if you read Acts chapter, uh, the rest of the chapter, you know, they were, they were saying that there were no needy people amongst them. Why? Because people would be generous to give. And so the point is, uh, we need a lot of miracles today. Um, besides health uh, healings, we also need miracles for, uh, for provision, isn't it? And I believe God wants us to step out in faith in this hour that we are in and, make, and believe Him as we preach the gospel uh, for miraculous signs. And let's watch and see God saving people uh, among our loved ones, among our friends, among our community, among our, student, our classmates, and everyone else. 
Let's pray as we close. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for the, for the pattern of prayer that you have taught us, Lord, through the disciples' prayer in the midst of the opposition that they face. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we can pray the same prayer, Father. We can be unified, Lord. We can come together and not just think that it's all our problem by ourselves. We can be unified. We can be in one accord and we can magnify your name for your name is the name above every name. We can uh, pray the scriptures because your scriptures are your very words. We can speak it in faith and then we can be committed, Lord, regardless of the difficulty and, and the opposition. We can continue to commit ourselves to you for you are our Savior and our Lord. And so, Father, as we um, end this time, Father, renew, uh, pour out the spirit of praise, uh, prayer rather, amongst your people today, Lord. Stir us up once again to believe you uh, to, for miracles, signs, and wonders to accompany the preaching of your word. Thank you, Lord, that the days ahead are going to be days of your power. Lord, we believe that this is an hour where your kingdom and your will is going to come in awesome ways for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I said, um, uh, you know, as we end our time, spend some time praying as a family. Uh, call up your friends from our church and say, hey, can you agree with, with me in prayer for this particular situation? There's many things we can do in response to this word. And as I said, in the next few weeks, we're going to call again the church to pray and fasting. And so uh, let me just, again, speak the blessing of God upon your lives. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. We hope you were encouraged by the message. For more podcasts and updates, visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app. You may also give through our website and share your prayer requests and answered prayers with us there.